0: Hey, Redemption family, thanks for tuning in today. We hope this message encourages you. Be sure to tune in live on Sundays at 1030 a.m. at Church. So we celebrate, lots to celebrate and lots to be thankful for. And this morning, I'm going to finish this series that I began some time ago uh, on radar, recognizing and discerning associations and relationships. And I'm going to ask you to do two things here. I'm going to ask you to go, number one, to Psalm 105, Psalm 105, let me get this technology in the right spirit here, got a mind of its own, Um, Psalm 105, Mm -hmm. and then put your finger over there on Genesis 37, I'm not going to read from Genesis 37, but I'm going to preach from Genesis 37, 38, and 39. Don't get nervous. It's three chapters, but it won't take me all that long. Uh Uh-huh. Uncle Kanye. How about that? That was good, wasn't it? Little Uncle Kanye. Devin took my kids to see him a couple weeks ago. She was not sure what to expect. She FaceTimed me and was speaking in tongues. She said, Kevin, hold my shit. I said, what are you doing? She said, the glory is in this Conway Yes concert. So I said, well, bless me with it, Lord. Bless me with it. Let me feel what she's feeling, God. Psalm 105. Love you, Athens. We're going to have a good day today. It's already been a good day. I believe we're going from glory to glory today. Amen? Psalm 105. Verse 17, when you got to say word. God sent a man before them. The man was Joseph and them is Israel. Joseph, who was sold as a slave, they hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. But the king sent and released him. Oh, how many know that's good news? And the ruler of the people let him go free. And Pharaoh made Joseph lord of his house and ruler of all his possessions to bind his princes at his pleasure and to teach his elders wisdom. I want you to look back up there. We're going to talk about the man Joseph today. Look back up there at verse number 19. Until the time that the word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. The time, until the time, that his word came to pass. Until the time that his word came to pass. And that's what I need for today's assignment. I want to preach this message. It's time for the word to come to pass. Just reach over and grab somebody's hand and tell them, neighbor, I declare over you, it's time for the word over your life to come to pass. And I don't know if they got it, but somebody else needs it. Reach over at one other neighbor and tell that other neighbor, say, neighbor, in Jesus' name, it's time for that word to come to pass. Now hop up and give God one more praise before we pray. Come on. Jesus, I love you. My heart is full of thanks this morning for all your blessings on my life and on the church. I'm thankful, God, that you finished what you started. And today, God, I thank you for the word that's in my belly. I pray, Lord, that you'll let me preach it under the power of the Holy Ghost. And I pray today, God, that people's hearts and minds would be engaged and in tune with your Spirit's voice. I pray that if there's a lost brother or sister in this room that doesn't know you, Jesus, as a loving Lord and Savior, That before we leave this building today, the Spirit will work through the preaching of the Word to bring hearts closer to God. And that everyone who feels distant from the Lord would get closer today by faith. Change us, God. Move us from glory to glory. Help us by the power of your Spirit, we pray. And give thanks in Jesus' name for all that you're going to do. And everyone said amen. 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 You can be seated. Uh, give me a moment, if I can, just to sort of set this message up a little bit. It's a little different intro than I'm used to, but I, I felt like if I didn't do anything else in this sermon today, one of the things God impressed on my heart very deeply to do was to just declare and to decree some things over your life regarding and concerning relationships in your life. And the reason I'm making such a... Mm, a deal about this is, is because you need to be aware that we've entered into a decade of declaration. And I've heard this several times through several different men and women of God over the last several weeks. And so I did my own study and my own research. And, and it actually is so that when we crossed over into the Hebrew year, and you recognize that the Hebrew year does not begin in January when our year begins, The Hebrew year began back in September at a time called Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is the beginning of a new year on the Jewish calendar. And when we crossed over into Rosh Hashanah in September of last year, it actually was a head start on a new year on the Jewish calendar. And here's what it meant. It meant that there was a closing of one year, but not only was it a closing of one year, it was a closing of a decade and on the Jewish calendar, the closing of that decade was the decade of the eye or sight. It's the decade, it was the decade of seeing and the decade of vision. Everybody say vision. Uh huh. But when we crossed over into the new year in September of last year on the Jewish calendar, before we ever got to it in January, we crossed over into a new decade. And the new decade on the Jewish calendar was not the The year or the decade of the eye, it was the decade of the mouth. Literally, in the Jewish calendar, in the Hebrew calendar, it was the decade of the mouth. And we've moved from a time of just being able to see until a time of being able to say (laughs) and into a decade of declaration. Now, I want to make sure you understand what I am saying. I am not saying um, that i am prescribing to some some loose and and flaky theological premise where we just walk around Having the unmitigated gall and arrogance to assume that we could just say whatever we want and get whatever we say just because we, we just want to. What I am talking about is being a group and a company of people who are tuned into the word of the Lord to the extent that they know what God is saying and are courageous enough to declare what the Father has already declared. I just believe that the people of God have been silent too long and it's time to start saying what we're hearing from God. Yeah, I don't want to go too deep in this because I I, just—I will just go into a whole sermon series on this. But if you don't have the ability to declare a thing, if you don't have the faith to decree a thing, then I'm not sure you're ever going to see anything change in your life. You didn't even get saved until you confessed it with your mouth. There's something about the power of the tongue. You don't have to agree with it. Your theology don't have to like it. But if your world is going to shift and things are going to change, you're going to have to learn there is power in what you say. Look at somebody's tell them, and say the right thing. Come on, say the right thing. Say the right thing. And I want to declare over some people. That was all just free and an introduction. I felt like God told me to declare over this house that God is bringing the right people to you and he's bringing you to the right people. Period. He is bringing the right people to you and he's bringing you to the right people. We're going to do this. This is not an exercise in futility. I really believe in prayer. God said for me to declare it. So I want you to look at one person in your life near you right now and say this over them. Say, neighbor, this is not just talking to your neighbor. I am not just trying to fill time. Somebody is getting an unction to declare this because God is getting ready to do this. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor, God is bringing the right people into your life and he's bringing you to the right people. And I just want to tell you that the steps of righteous men and women are ordered by the Lord. God is ordering people to your life and he's ordering your steps to the right people. And 2020 is a year when frustration is going to be removed and stuff that has been held up and pent up and kept back is going to be released over your life. People that you need are coming into your life. People that you don't Need of being removed. God said to me in prayer tell them I'm removing people who are not a part of their future. I'm bring, this doesn't mean you have to get mad and you have to get a sassy attitude with anybody. You don't have to get nasty. All you gotta do is be like Anna and Elsa, let it go. And when God takes them, don't try to hold on to people that are not a part of where you're going. God is bringing the right people into your life and he's bringing you to the right people. Why? To accomplish his purpose and to get you to the right destination. Now I'm going to say this today. And, and, and this, is, this is really what I came to teach and preach. That if we're entering new places and new territory. And if we're entering into uncharted waters. You need to know that every new chapter of your life starts with new relationships. <coughs> we're going to see in the life of Joseph today. That Joseph's life and story is a template for our own lives. There is a pattern that is revealed in the life of Joseph that brings revelation to this whole issue of purpose and people. Can I tell you right now, your purpose will not be accomplished with the wrong people. If you're going to accomplish the purpose for which God put breath in your lungs and you in your mama's womb and brought you into this earth, if you're going to do what he put you on the planet for, you are going to have to be connected to the right people. Now we have the privilege of seeing Joseph's life after it unfolds. And I would like to take advantage of seeing his story unfold to bring clarity and to help make sense of how God moves and operates in our lives. Joseph's life is a paradigm we should consider. And if we're going to look at Joseph's life today and understand the significance of what it means for our lives, the first thing you've got to do is start with Joseph's dream. Now, I want you to understand, and I'm not trying to be malicious or contrary or start some kind of theological argument, but I'm a little bit nervous about how we've been preaching Joseph. Because we preach Joseph like Joseph is, it's all about Joseph and his dream. But Psalm 105 didn't talk about Joseph's dream. Psalm 105 said God sent Joseph into Egypt before Israel got there. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And what I came to tell you about Joseph is, yes, he had a dream. But the dream Joseph had was part of God's bigger plan to send a man he could trust ahead of his people so that Joseph could prepare a table for the hungry brothers that were on the way. Lord, have mercy. See, you and I have got to get out of this mode thinking that God is just up to something in our lives just to bless us. Joseph's dream wasn't even about Joseph. Joseph's purpose wasn't even really about Joseph. Joseph was a man God could trust to position him into a place to become a blessing for brothers that were really the ones trying to kill him. Y'all don't want me to preach on this today, but what if I told you the mess? you were going through, and the giants you were fighting, and the hell you've been walking through is not just about what God's trying to do to you. What if God was up to something in your life because he had a much bigger plan than you in mind, and he wanted you to know that the stuff you've been going through is not in vain. There is purpose in your pain. Oh, Jesus. There is purpose in the problems you've been dealing with. There is purpose in the Bad report. There is a purpose in your mountain and your valley. And when you come through this and you look back, you're going to get a revelation that even in the middle of the hell you went through, all things work together for the good to them that love the Lord. Ooh. Let's not make this just about our dream. There's a generation who needs some obedient people. There's a generation who needs some people who can be mistreated and still love like Jesus. I'm not getting no help over here. There's a generation that needs some Christian the, the tribe, the brand, the kind of Christian that doesn't. I tweeted this out yesterday because I'm watching, I'm watching bishops argue like kindergartners on social media about political arguments that we won't even remember when we get to heaven. I better quit because I feel something, and I don't know if it's anger or the anointing. I'm just sick and tired of the church getting swallowed up in the cesspool of nothingness that is not winning anybody to Jesus. To hell with the spirit of division and racism and hate. We need a move of God that is full of love, preaches the gospel, and wins souls into the kingdom. Say amen or something. Ooh. We, 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 we got to quit making this about us. There's a big picture going on here. Your life is a piece of the puzzle. It ain't the whole puzzle. And if I hurt your feelings when I say that, then narcissism needs to die on an altar today. Joseph's life is a paradigm. God was up to something for a whole nation in the life of one man. And and the paradigm of Joseph's life reminds us that what starts as a seed grows. We like the finished product. Everybody writes a book about the finished product. Everybody writes a story about how it ends, but I'm paying careful attention to the details and the people who come in and out of Joseph's life. Because if God is really up to a big purpose in Joseph, I need to pay attention to the people who are a part of the purpose. Some of you need to get a revelation today that you're here on purpose. You're not an accident. You're not a biological happenstance. You're not even the product of a screwed up relationship and a one-night stand when your mama met your daddy at the A&W root beer house. No, 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 wherever your mama and daddy went. You are an intentional product in the mind of God who knew you before you ever showed up on planet Earth and drew a breath. You are supposed to be here, baby. You are not an intruder. You had an invitation to the party and we can't do what God called us to do without you understanding what it is he put you on Earth to do. And if you're going to know your purpose, you got to know your people. Joseph's paradigm teaches us about a couple of people. I'm going to get right to this. If you're going to know your purpose, the first thing I want you to understand about Joseph's life is there were some traitors. (sighs) Now, I I hesitated even bringing this to the surface for your consideration today. Because one of the things that drives me crazy in the modern day church is we are traitors heavy. Most preachers don't even have a sermon to preach if they can't talk about their haters and their traitors. Oh, I see you out there saying, no, no, no. See, I really believe people in here love me. I don't care if you love me or not. I believe you love me. You may be in here to hurt me, hate me, try to kill me. But you know what? When I see you, I smile and hug you and say, I love you with the love of the Lord. Why? Because I really believe God loved me too much to surround me with hateful people. We're traitor minded. And here's what the Lord said to me in prayer this week. He said, Kevin, never live in the paranoia of betrayal. If you are traitor paranoid, you will will lose your joy and your peace. You can't walk around your whole life thinking everybody is out to get you. But I do want to be real and I want to be honest. Joseph had a traitor in his life. Now, while we don't need to be traitor focused and traitor paranoid, we do need to be aware of the traitors and the betrayers and I'm going to tell you this right now you cannot be betrayed by people you don't know well let me make sure I said it yeah that's what I wrote a person can't be a traitor unless they got in close with you can I testify in here Every time I've ever been betrayed or hurt, it was always somebody close to me. I ain't finding no help in here. You can't be hurt by somebody that you let stay at a distance. You can't be betrayed by somebody that did get in your inner circle. It wasn't the Pharisees that betrayed Jesus. He knew they were out to kill him, but it was the one that he dipped the bread in the juice with and got close enough to kiss on the cheek. You got to be careful. What I'm trying to tell you is that in the process of your purpose and your promise coming to pass, sometimes there will be chapters in your life where people walk in on the radar and they got close and they loved you, but they didn't stay faithful to you. It might have been a co-worker. It could have been a business partner. God forbid, it could have been a spouse betraying you. Some people in this room today have felt the pain of betrayal. But I want to tell you right now, if you've ever went through that season, if you've ever endured that season if you've ever gone through those moments of betrayal when somebody close to you became a traitor you cannot and you must not allow your life to be paralyzed by the paranoia that everybody is out to get you I want to tell you right now this is a year when God is saying to some drama in your life I am moving some people some people who you thought you had to have oh who am I talking to some people you thought you could lean on some people you thought you could depend on. God, don't be shocked if they leave the radar of your life. God is moving some things around to help you accomplish your purpose. Traitors. Who was Joseph's traitor? It was his own brothers. And they hated him. Not because he was mean, but because he was favored. Can I tell you something about favor? You can't even help it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Has anybody in here ever had favor and can't even help it? I'm talking about crazy stuff happening for you and you don't even know how to explain it to people who need an explanation. They walk up to you and they got an attitude and don't even know you. Looking you up and down and, oh God, just another one of y'all. You don't even know me, Joker. I see him up there with his nice little suit and tie on and his little watch and yeah, he got it all together. You don't even know me. Get your mouth off me. I was raised in the hood so poor when I was growing up, we couldn't rub two dimes together. I'm not here because it was spoon fed or I was entitled. I'm here because God made a way where there seemed to be no way. I'm blessed in spite of myself. You better help me preach. I feel like hollering in this sanctified church. Anybody in here know what it's like to have more favor than you know what to do with? I tell you what to do when you get it, throw your hands up and give God the praise for it. Hallelujah. Who do you think you are? How much time do you have? I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed in the city and blessed in the field. I'm blessed when I come and bless. Anybody know what it's like to taste the faith? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You don't have to do wrong things to have a traitor in your life. In fact, most of the time, it's the people who God has shown great kindness to that have a traitor. Joseph, all he did was share his dream and put his jacket on. How would you like to be hated for having a dream and having a jacket? The Bible said, the Bible said he was hated because of his dream. And when they saw the coat of many colors on him that his daddy gave him, they hated him even more. Can I tell you something? If you got the favor of God on your life, they already hate you. And when you go to the next level of favor, they're gonna hate you even more. I'm just oh, I'm trying to walk, not walk around, but I feel like hollering. I feel like hollering in this church today. You got to make up your mind. You got to learn how to be mature enough to walk in favor and not walk around talking about all your traitors and haters. Y'all, oh, come on in here, somebody eating hater tots, drinking raid, whatever. I'm telling you right now, you got to quit talking about the people who are against you because they that are for you are more than they that are against you. Stop being so focused on the people trying to stop you because God already told you what was going to happen and he already took into consideration the people who want to try to stop you from getting there I must go on every person in this room with a purpose is going to feel the pain of betrayal and you're going to feel the wounds of a traitor But God isn't through with you yet. If you let the story end there, you will die a miserable individual. Look at your neighbor tell your neighbor don't stop in Traderville. (laughs) You're coming out of this thing. As bad as they hated you, they could not kill you, Joseph. I mean, they had to conspire. They were about to kill you. But you had one brother that said, no, we can't kill him. Let's just take his coat, throw him in the pit, and let's put the blood of a ram on the coat, take it back to daddy and tell him some wild beast killed him. They throw him in the pit, and here comes the Midianite army, and they sell Joseph into Midianite slavery, and they put him in chains and they drag him out the pit, and they walk him over the desert, and he comes through the Midianite camp of slavery, and then he gets over there near Egypt, and a man named Potiphar. Now, the brothers represents the traitors. Potiphar represents the people that will give you a try. (laughs) Potiphar doesn't know anything about the favor of God. Potiphar doesn't understand anything about the grace of God on Joseph's life. Potiphar don't even believe in God. Potiphar just looked at him and said, he looks like a strong young man. I believe he can bring me some results. There are people that come into your life who are sent there just to give you a try, a shot. All I need is an opportunity. They don't have to know how saved you are. They don't have to know how many tongues you talk in. They don't have to know how many spiritual gifts you have. All you need them to do is give you one try, one shot. Y'all ain't listening to me. Has anybody in here ever had God work through somebody to give you a shot? Just one try. I mean, you didn't really have the education to do the job. You really didn't have the experience necessary to succeed. You really didn't have all of the tools in the belt that you needed to make you qualified. But can somebody thank God for the Potiphar's that he sent into your life and he just touched Potiphar's heart and said, give him a try. Give her a try. Oh, yes. Yeah. Where is is Tammy Cross in this room? Where is Tammy? She might be a in Athens today. Tammy Cross is my secretary. She's been the secretary of this sanctified church for 16 years. I had some people that that used to work for me and they looked at her and said she don't have the skills. She don't have the clerical ability. She don't have the administrative prowess to do the job. Well, them jokers don't work for me no more. But Tammy is still the church secretary. You want to know why? I gave her a try. And I said, Tammy, I see something inside of you and now every time you call the church there's a sweet young lady on the other side of the phone that say hello this is redemption to the nation's church can I help you thank God for people that will give you a try I declare over you, some of you, this may be nothing more than a declaration service, but I need to declare over you, God is getting ready to send a Potiphar in somebody's life. They're gonna look at you and ignore your resume and they're gonna give you a try. They're gonna give you a shot. And the Lord told me to tell you because his favor is on your life, it's going to work. Look at your neighbor, tell him you're going to succeed. It's going to work. You're not going to be able to explain it. You can't point to a degree. You can't point to an experience. It's just going to work. Because if God be for me, who can be against me? I got to go. Number three. Number one, traitors. Number two, people that give you a try. Number three, uh-oh. In every person's life who has a purpose, that will come a trap. I'm getting ready to make people real nervous here. <laughs> if you are blessed and highly favored by God, the devil will send some traps. I rebuke that. I don't receive that. Don't be ignorant. <laughs> if Jesus was tempted in all points as we are, you will be tempted too. That's why we pray Matthew 6, lead us into, but from, why did Jesus pray that? Because he knew the enemy's tactic. If you are living on this planet with the purpose, Satan doesn't want you to fulfill it. And one of the ways. That he will work in order to distract you and keep you from fulfilling your purpose is to plant a strategic trap in your way. For Joseph, the man couldn't help it, he was good looking. God ain't gonna kill all the good looking people so you can live holy. For real. I mean, growing up in church, we tried to make people ugly. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. It's the only way we can live holy. But I'm going to tell you right now, Joseph can't help the fact that he's handsome. Read the Bible. Genesis 38, the Bible said he was good looking. And Potiphar's wife, whoop, radar, warning, warning. Boop, 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 boop. Here she comes. Whoa, here she comes. Watch out, boy. She'll chew you up. She's a man-eater. Y'all know that song. Don't sit down there and act holy, bunch of sanctified people. It's a trap. I'm going to help some people in this room today because I felt the Spirit of God quicken me in prayer this week. And he said, I want you to talk about the traps that the devil sets because some of my people in the room are dealing with some traps. And here's what the Lord told me. He said, never fight a trap in close proximity. Read the text. The Bible said that she came to Joseph daily pulling on him. Come on over here, superstar. (laughs) I can sing 12 songs right now. What a man, what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. Y'all know, y'all know those songs. Come on. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Stop it right now. (laughs) Bishop, come on in here. Focus. Let me help you understand something, family. You are never in, encouraged or informed to fight traps in close proximity. Paul didn't say rebuke fornication. He said put your rebox on and run from fornication. This is too simple for some of y'all, but I'm sick and tired of watching people lose everything they got because they got a secret lover at the Red Roof Inn and it one day catches up with them. We got to live holy and we got to stay away from the traps. I got people right now about to faint. some dating people I'm talking to married people and dating people dating people be holy you can't do it while you're dating oh I said it and I said exactly what you thought I said that's not a privilege of people who are dating ah she's fine well put a ring on it baby and until he puts a ring on your finger and makes a commitment of love to you keep your clothes on live right and marry jesus this is too much on sunday morning i should have preached this at a marriage conference but i'm sick and tired of watching the devil wreak havoc among the sons and daughters of god be ye holy come out from among the world and be a separate people It's a trap. It could be a business trap. It could be a money trap. You got to be careful. It's always the pennies and the petticoats. It's always Judas and Jezebel. You got to be careful that you don't get caught in a trap. I'll never forget being 19 years old preaching in a nine-week revival, and I was, na- I was naive. I wasn't married. I wasn't engaged. I didn't really even have a, I didn't have a girlfriend, and I was preaching every night and single, <laughs> 19, and uh, I'd go back at this church we were at, nine-week revival, and the preacher wanted me to stand there and shake everybody's hand, and I enjoy doing that now, but as a young evangelist, that yeah, was a little weird. This woman would walk up to me every night and she would slide a $100 bill in my hand. And I was like, well, bless her, Lord. You know, Father, thank you. Thank you, God, for being so kind to me. And I'm smiling at her, shaking her hand just like I shook everybody else's hand. And one night I was at the parsonage asleep and the pastor came up and said, a woman's on the phone for you. Now, what, what, who wakes a preacher up and says somebody called you? I didn't have no girlfriend. It wasn't my mama. And I got on the phone at midnight, and she said, hello, this is so-and-so. I said, yeah. She said, I need prayer. I said, lift your hands. There you are by my side, Jesus. She said, no, 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 I need you to come lay hands on me. No, 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 let let me rewind and tell the whole story. She said, no, I need to come see you in person and pray. I said, oh, 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 no, it's a, I got my pajamas on, young lady. It's a midnight. I, I'm going to stay right here. I'll pray for you over the phone. She said, no, no, no. I need to come see you tonight. I need you to lay hands on me. I said, ma'am, I, I'm, I'm a tired. I'll, I'll tell you what, we'll meet you, me and the pastor at the church. We will meet you tomorrow to pray for you. She said, no, I want you. I said, oh, no, uh-uh. She said, you don't know what you're missing. I said, devil! She said, hold on, I'm the one that gave you a hundred dollar bill every night last week. I said, I'll have it in an envelope for you in the morning, and I'll give you back every dime. You cannot buy the anointing. You can't have, oh, y'all better help me. It's a trap! I'm about to make some men mad, but if your wife don't have access to your social media accounts, you are already deceived. See, I told you, I feel your brother's getting all mad and all, why did he say that? Because I'm trying to keep you from losing your kids, your house, your job, and your wife all over a three minute, one night stand. Trade your whole life in for nothing. What's wrong with us? It's a trap. Slap somebody tell them get out the trap. I'm moving on. You got to watch them traps. And you know why Joseph got thrown in prison? Not because he raped Potiphar's wife but because he got close enough to her for her to take his garment and he was falsely accused don't get close to the trap oh I just heard the Holy Ghost somebody said what happens if I've already been trapped it's no morning to get out I said, it's your morning to get out. Somebody's about to get up out the trap. The devil tried to put some peanut butter on that trap and bring you into bondage, but I bind the devil. I rebuke the enemy in the name of the Lord. God is getting ready to set somebody free and deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Shout all over the church. Number three, I'm moving. Four, whatever. Traffic traitors, people who will give you a try, traps, and then there's just traffic, Tra- just, just people like the, the baker who had a dream, and Joseph interpreted it while he was in prison, and there really wasn't a purpose in the connection with the baker. In fact, in three days, the baker would be dead. Be careful. You don't spend all your time investing into traffic. People that are walking in one day and walking out three days later, and you're giving them all your time. Oh, this is too much right here. You got, Look at somebody, tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, time is precious. Be a good steward of your time. love them be respectful don't be hateful but don't waste all your time in traffic let me move on number five transition i only got two more and i'm done transition transition there are some people that god is fixing to send in your life who are transitory they are components and people who are about to help you make a transition The problem is this, most of the time you don't know who is coming into your life as a person of transition. So the Lord told me to tell you, be careful how you treat people because you might be handling somebody who is attached to moving you from where you are to your next place in your journey. Uh, Can I teach this real quick? Over there in Mark's Gospel, in Nazareth, you got all these sick people sitting in the synagogue, and Jesus shows up to heal and deliver. And what does the Bible say? He could only do a few miracles there. Why? Because they dishonored him and did not believe he was the Messiah. What is the point? The point is Jesus actually came to heal all the sick people and to move them into a place of breakthrough and blessing. But because they did not honor him as a man who could transition them, they missed out on the transition anointing that was on his life. And if you keep disrespecting people who God is trying to send you to transition you from where you are to where you are called to be, then you keep on delaying your purpose by your dishonor and your disrespect. Oh, I read an article this week. I almost sent it to Chad to put up here. It was through. It was on CNN, and the title of the article was "Homeless Man Saves Children in a Burning House." Two days before that house caught on fire, nobody in that family would have had any value or honor for the homeless man, but you better be careful who you walk past and mistreat. They might be a homeless man today, but they might be there to save your babies tomorrow. Y'all not helping nobody. Y'all not helping nobody. That's why I refuse to talk bad about people and to act like I'm better than somebody else. They may not have on the nicest clothes and drive nicer cars you, but they may have a key that turns the door to your destiny you better honor transition transition the person of transition in joseph's life was a man called the butler (laughs) lord have mercy i wish i had time to preach do you know what a butler does a butler opens doors welcome How many ever been been to a nice place where they got a person that takes care of the door? Not only was he a butler, but literally in the Hebrew, it was a cupbearer. It was a person who was responsible for maintaining access to the wine of the king. When Joseph met the baker, he was just traffic moving through his life. But when Joseph met the butler, what he didn't know is that that insignificant butler, that cupbearer, the man that just takes care of the king's wine, actually held the key to Joseph's future. I want to tell you right now, God is going to bring some people into your life that some people will not be able to believe were a part of your future. All you got to do is be you, and when you do what you do because God anointed you to do it, it's going to work in your favor and have a positive effect on your future. What do I mean? I'm glad you asked. This butler and this baker get thrown into prison with Joseph. They both have crazy dreams, wake up disturbed, and nobody knows how to interpret the dream. But here comes Joseph. Joseph said, yo, tell me your dream. They tell him the dream. And Joseph said, this is what God says. To the the baker, your dream means in three days he's going to impel you, cut your head off, and you're going to die. But to the cupbearer, this dream you had means that in three days you're going to be restored back to your place. And when, watch Transition. Slap somebody, tell them, transition. And Joseph said, when it happens, remember me. And the cupbearer gets freed three days later, goes back into the palace of the Pharaoh and the saddest, one of the saddest verses in all the Bible. And the butler did not remember Joseph. Have you ever blessed somebody and they forgot about you? Well, I came to tell you today, it ain't over yet. Because the Bible says two years later, two years later, a man named Pharaoh wakes up from a bad dream. And and the cupbearer says, you had a bad dream? And he said, yes, and I don't know what this dream means. And nobody knows how to interpret the dream. And And the cupbearer said, oh, I remember this dude back in prison who read my dream. And Pharaoh calls for Joseph to come two years later. What if I told you something that you did for somebody in your past was about to catch up with you and help you get to your future? I wish I could find somebody in here. Have you ever felt like you were faithful and nobody was looking faithful and everybody forgot about you? Faithful and nobody was thinking about you? Well, I want to tell you right now, God saw it and God's moving and the Lord's going to use some people who you thought forgot about you. (laughs) Big Roe calls him forth. Last one, I'm through. Yeah, there'll be some traitors. There'll be some people who give you a try. There'll be some traps and there'll be some traffic and there'll be some people who are part of a transition. But God's about to give you some people who are going to be a part of transforming your future. Pharaoh called Joseph to his palace. Help me, Brian, I'm through. And he said, this is the dream I had. Joseph said, this is the meaning of the dream. Seven fat cows represent seven years of plenty." Pharaoh said, Yeah, I had another dream, and seven skinny cows came up out of the pond and swallowed the seven fat cows. And Pharaoh and Joseph said to Pharaoh, and this is the meaning of that dream. Seven years of plenty will be swallowed up by seven years of famine. And we need to develop a system in Egypt whereby we save food in plenty so that we can survive the years of famine. Pharaoh was taken back. The president of the largest kingdom on the earth at that time stood in awe at the wisdom of God manifested through a committed, faithful son of Yahweh. I want you to hear me today. You and I will never change or write history if we are a part of the group think that is so loud conversations that are dominated by carnal unregenerated people and we get sucked into those conversations when in reality we are instruments of transformation and change in the earth and all it takes is one word from God that you will obey to change your generation. One word! This is serious. We stand in danger of wasting our life, spending it on people who are not a part of our purpose. My call to you today is to get more discerning. to increase your accuracy in recognizing the people that are coming in and out of your life. Don't stay in the chapter of traitors. Don't get too close to the traps. Be thankful for the people who give you a try. Don't waste your time on traffic. Be careful to honor people who are a part of your transition And always be thankful for those who are part of transforming your future. All it takes is one person to show you favor. And it changes the rest of your life. Lay your hands on your heart. Close your eyes. Let me bless you. And then we're going to pray for people. You may not feel worth it. You may not feel worthy. You may not feel like you add up. You may not feel like you deserve it. But I declare over you in Jesus' name the right people are coming into your life, the unnecessary pieces are moving out of your life. Your ability to respect and honor everyone is getting ready to increase because God's purpose over your life is too precious for you to waste. Lord, in Jesus' name, I'm asking you now, I call in the right people, and I call you, Lord God, I'm asking you, Father, to order the steps of these, your family, Lord, order their steps into the lives of the right people. Order the steps of people into their lives. He's bringing you who you need, and he's taking you to the right folk, I'm saying it as many different ways as I can so that you get it. You are going to have everything you need to finish the purpose you were put on this planet for. Send them, Lord. Send them the people resources they need for the next place in their business, the next place in their structure, the next place in their job. Send them the people resources they need to help them in their marriage, to help them in raising children, to help them in their relationship. Lord, I pray for the single people in this house today. Don't let them get impatient, Lord. Today I just declare you're sending the right people because it's the right time. I thank you for the people you are removing. May we have the grace to let it go. May we not panic and attempt to hold on to what you are taking out of the way. I pray for the divorcee who's sitting here in shame and in bondage and their heart is heavy because they just feel like they've ruined it all and there's no future. Lord, I'm asking you right now to remind them that you love the divorcee and you are not through with their life yet. Life is not over. Healing is coming on you now. In Jesus' name, be healed. Everyone stand with me if you can. Your promise is coming to pass beginning today. I just believe that. But How many know it's going to take the right people? I want to pray for people who are closed off. And I know why you're closed off. You're, you're closed off the same reason I got closed off. Because when you get hurt, the safest thing to do is say, let me keep my distance. I know what I'm talking about? Well, today I want to tell you, God loves you too much to let you keep walls up. Not everybody's out to get you. Jesus had 12 disciples. Only one betrayed him. There are many more people who love you than betray you. So don't panic. But it is time for you to be healed. The most important thing I can do this morning is pray for people in this room who need to give Jesus Christ their life. So if you'll bow your head with me and give give me an opportunity to ask you a question. If you're in this room today and you'd say, Pastor Kevin, I need Jesus to rescue me and save me. I need him to forgive me and heal me and cleanse me and I need him to make me whole. Would you pray for me today, Pastor? I want Christ to come into my heart. I want Jesus to save me, but I'm just, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit. Maybe it's you're struggling with what you believe. Maybe it's you're struggling with what you've done. Maybe you're struggling with shame and regret. Maybe you're struggling because you really enjoy the sin and you don't know if you can give it up. I don't know what you're struggling with, but if you know you need Jesus while your head's about and your eyes are closed, you would say, Pastor Kevin, pray for me. I need to get right with God. Lift your hand if that's you and you can acknowledge that. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Put your hands down. Yeah, hands are still going up. God bless you. Everyone look at me. I want you to ask the person on your right and left this question in just a second. Just lean over. Whether you've known them your whole life or you've never met them before today, just lean over and say, do you need someone to go to the altar with you and pray? And if you lifted your hand, or you should have, when they ask you that question, would you come stand with me down here? We're going to pray today, and Christ is going to come into your heart and save you. Wash your sins away and give you new life. Right now, just ask your neighbor. Right now, anybody that lifted their hand or they should have. If you need Jesus to save you, come sa- Just come out of your seat and come stand with me. God bless you for coming, family. God bless you. God bless you for coming. Come on. This is why we this is why we're the church. We love we love you. Come on. Come on. It's not too late. It's not too late. You haven't gone too far. If you feel him pulling, come on. This is a good day to give your heart to Christ. God bless you, young man. God bless you, young man. Come on, family, we celebrate. God bless you. God bless you for coming. Thank you for coming. They're still coming. Come on, we're still celebrating. Yes, we are. We praise you, God. I want everyone to stretch your hands toward the altar. People are coming to Jesus today. And I want you to pray for them like you wish somebody would have prayed for you the day you gave your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Elders, pastors, pray with them personally. Make sure they know what's going on. Come on, let's ask the Lord to help them today. Would you do that? God, give them strength. Give them strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. At the cross. At the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy. All if you're thankful for the cross, sing it again. At the cross. At the cross, it was there by faith. I received my sight. Let's sing it one more time as they come home today. Sing at the cross. At the cross, it was there by faith. I recognize the hour. And I know many have to go, and we love you. We bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night at 7. But I feel compelled to pray for people who have lost someone in their life that they thought they needed for their future. Your heart is hurting. This is not for everybody, but I know I'm talking to somebody. Somebody walked out and left you in life. Maybe it was a relationship, a marriage, an engagement, a business partner, a best friend. I don't know. But you're in this room today and your heart is broken and you're having a hard time trusting god and you want this person back but you feel in your heart as you stand here today you know god is telling you to let it go maybe you've already let it go and you're just a shell of what you used to be and you're having a hard time moving on wherever you are in that spectrum if i'm talking to you i want you to come stand on one of the sides either this side or this side and i want to pray i want some leaders to pray with you Because sometimes the enemy will torment you, telling you that you're not free, when in fact you are free, but you just don't feel free. And today, if you need God to help you let some stuff go, just come stand in the altars on either side. We're moving on today. I feel like God's giving some new chapters here. How many can help me thank God for that right now? We're not staying stuck in the chapter of betrayal. We're not staying stuck in the chapter of pain. Come on, praise God, family. Praise Him. He's a good God. Praise Him. He's a good God. Hallelujah. 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 Today, I want you to come if you mean business and you want to be healed by the goodness and the grace of God. Joseph didn't get bitter, and you're not going to live bitter either. I want some sisters and brothers who are part of the leadership of this church to come help me pray, because I feel like God is about to set some people free in this room right now. If you're going to stay, I'm going to ask you to pray with us. If you got to go, we love you. Go quietly and respectfully, please, as you leave. God bless you. We love you. Let's sing that again, LeBron, at the cross. Come on, the Lord's touching lives today at the cross.